BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Please welcome to the stage, Team Galaxy squad member, Cameron Rogers. Oh, they're playing my music. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm Cameron Rogers. I'm the voice behind Freckled Foodie, where my mission is to make healthy living approachable. Um, I do that through my platform on Instagram, at Freckled Foodie, my blog with recipes, um, and my podcast, Freckled Foodie and Friends, which you obviously know about as you're here for the live podcast. So I want to give a quick background of why we're talking specifically on anxiety and mental health. It is something that I struggle with personally, and I found the more I share about my story, the more I connect with people, the more I realize that other people are going through similar things, and I'm not alone. I personally find that feeling alone is like hands down the most isolating emotion you can feel around something like this. And so with that, not only have I found it therapeutic to share my story, but I've noticed how many other people are going through similar things. So I'm launching also a new platform on my website as of today um, called Freckled Foodie Feelings, Share Your Story, where you can go on and share your personal story and struggle with anxiety or mental health and up- upload it anonymously. So it's a place where you can read other people's stories to either hear what others are going through and relate or in the therapeutic way, share what you're going through. Um, I also want to touch base on Samsung and thank them for having us all tonight. I mean, I love this space. It's my second home. I actually record my podcast right up there in that little glass bubble. So I spend a lot of time here. It is where culture and technology collide. And I'm so happy that you guys are all experiencing this incredible space. If you want to share on social, which we would love, um, just be sure to tag at Samsung Mobile USA on Instagram Hashtag Samsung Experience or Samsung Mobile US if anyone is still on Twitter. Um, I am not. But today we're going to chat with two of my closest friends, Aaron Morrissey and Sari Diskin, and they're going to come join us in a second. But I also want to tell you guys about a product that is sponsoring today's episode who sponsors a lot of my content because I freaking love them, Beam CBD. Um, I, it's personally been a huge tool for me and my anxiety struggles. I really enjoy and believe in every product they put out there. The two founders were guests on my podcast, so I highly recommend listening to that one to hear about how they created the product. Today, they're actually launching two new products. Um, It's these CBD powder blends. One is called Clarity and one is called Dream. The Clarity is for the morning and it's loaded with adaptogens like ashwagandha and lion's mane. And then the Dream 
I had it last night. It honestly tastes like hot chocolate. It's freaking delicious. And it has melatonin and magnesium. It's They're awesome. So for everyone here, you can use Freckled Foodie 15 as a discount code online, or you can use Freckled Foodie 20 if you go to their pop-up um, in the Lower East Side. So all that information will be on my Instagram stories for you all, but I hope you also go check it out and enjoy. Um, with that, can we bring Sari and Aaron on? Ladies, come join. Hello, hello. Your mics are here. Um, so we are going to chat for a bit, and then we're also going to open the floor up for Q&A. And since I know we're talking about a very personal topic, I didn't want like lights shining and a microphone going to someone and having to stand up and be like, I have anxiety. Um, so if you have the Samsung Note 10 Plus, you can open the app called Slido and you can write your questions type in the code freckled foodie, you can submit your questions. So throughout while we're talking, submit some questions. You can like people's questions. The more likes a question gets, the higher up on the feed it'll go for me. And then we'll move into the Q&A portion and go from there. So ladies, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, so we're going to do a little introduction, but I am extremely blessed to be on the stage with these two wonderful women. Um, Specifically, I chose you guys as well. Brianna Owens was also supposed to be here, but she is doing an incredible thing by opening up her own spin studio, and there were some technical difficulties. So it is the three of us tonight. Um, we have talked immensely on anxiety and mental health, both publicly, individually, on your guys' guest appearances on my podcast, but also daily. I mean, I we talk every day. <laughs> so thank you for joining us and for being so open with something that a lot of people have a hard time sharing about. So first, can you please introduce yourself and give us like your elevator pitch of who you are, what you do? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Erin Morrissey. I am the face behind Erin Lives Whole. Um, and so I am a, I don't really know what I call myself nowadays, but I would just say a recipe developer, blogger, and I post a lot on Instagram. So, <laughs> um, but I started my blog and I guess it was April of 2017. And then I kind of focus more on like healthy recipes. Um, and I guess we'll get back into my background yeah. maybe a little bit yep. later. Um, yeah. Okay, so I, so I just started posting a lot of recipes and just started sharing like my story and my past. And it's kind of taken me to a year later, I quit my corporate job to do it full time. Um, and so now I guess it's like a little bit over two and a half years, but that's what I do every single day. And I love it. So wait, two and a half years? Yeah, April 2017 is when I started. No, because we quit the same time. But I started it. Oh, got it, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, hold the phone. Yeah, I quit, I quit. I my job a year Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Sorry. So, <laughs> hi everyone. My name is Sari Diskin. I am also a wellness and food blogger, and I focus on healthy recipes as well. But when I talk about lifestyle and things outside of food, it's really about making wellness approachable, and that's a big reason why Cam and I have connected, um, because I think attainable wellness is so incredibly important. And day-to-day, -day, I'm either in the kitchen writing on my blog, sharing things that I love, and really just trying to inspire people every day through that platform, which is now my full-time job. You're also like the bubbliest ray of sunshine in the world, <laughs> Thank in you. my opinion. Sure. Um, so I obviously have to kick off with the same question that I start every episode. How would you define success? Um, okay, so I would define success as, I think it's personally like waking up every day and feeling like you're doing something that you're super passionate about. Um, and I think that 
it can relate to money in a way. I think that a lot of times we hear nowadays that like success is like oh, loving what you do. And while I agree with that wholeheartedly, I think there is some aspect that's okay to be fulfilled by some monetary value. Yeah. Um, so I think that if you're able to intertwine the two, and I think that is like being successful. And like, I know for me is like the days that I feel most successful is when I'm like, waking up and I'm like, wow, I am super, super grateful for what I do. And I feel like I'm going to make an impact today. I, I completely agree. And I think to second that, it doesn't have to necessarily be all about money. And with success, I think patience is one of the most important things. So if you have a dream, if you have something you want to go after, giving it time is probably the most important part. But you can be successful without reaching that goal. So it's really about having pride in what you're doing every day and understanding that the journey is also successful. So years ago when I started my blog, I was actually just told this story on Instagram the other day. I was selling baked goods in the lobby of my apartment building for literally $1.50, but I'd spent 20 hours baking and I made negative money. And, you know, financially that wasn't successful, but mm -hmm. I realized that I loved sharing healthy food and connecting with people over that. So that was just the first step in my journey. And I think that's where success really starts for people. I love that. And I commented on this and I think I texted you. I similarly did the same thing when we were at the like my parents' beach house, which is the time where I was working at JP Morgan. My weekends were like time to relax, calm down, enjoy the beach. And I was slaving in their kitchen, like making smoothies, yogurt parfaits, like muffins, whatever, and giving them out for free on the streets in my dad's Jeep. Like the, really? yeah. And I did, and I would like post like breakfast sales. Like the police tried to shut me down because like at one point I was selling them for $4 and I didn't have a permit. And I was like, well, you, look at all these lemonade stands. Um, whatever. Anyway. I totally agree, and I think, I don't know how many people here work for themselves, but I think it's really hard when you have, when you're your own boss and you have this idea of what you want to be, and you know, you're seeing all these things out there that's easy to compare what you're doing versus everyone else. I don't have that virtue of patience. It's something that I'm really working on, um, because it's hard to remember, it takes time. It, I'm an instant gratification person, and that's unfortunately not how life always works. So I totally, totally am with you. Um, so since we're here to talk about anxiety, um, I've been very vocal personally, a little background on my story. I guess I had anxiety as a kid. I didn't know what it was. Whenever I would talk about the idea of life ending, I felt, I just kept saying, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I, I feel nauseous. We have to stop talking about it. Now I realize it was anxiety. At the time, I just didn't know what it was. Um, I think my anxiety definitely increased when I graduated from college. You know, you're all of a sudden in this new city. You're responsible for paying all these bills. You're working. You're, like, my life just was flipped on its head. Um, and then when you become your own boss, it takes on a whole new level of anxiety. So I personally try everything in the book. I meditate. I journal. I go to yoga. I cut out I limit my caffeine intake, all of that. Um, and it just personally wasn't enough for me. So I am on a medication that has helped me personally. I, I think, you know, sometimes it's a biological medical thing. And there are some just things that need to be helped with medical assistance, which we can talk about. But for sure. can you guys give us a little snippet story of your journey with anxiety? Sure. So... Um I've always been a super type A person. I always did really well in school. I was always on time. Um, and for so long in my life, that was how my anxiety came out. It was just 
in a perfectionist sort of way, um, but I never was self-aware enough to realize that it was affecting my happiness and my quality of life and my confidence until I moved away from home. So quick background, I'm from Toronto. I moved to Detroit for my husband, um, who was in med school at the time there. And when I moved to a new city and had no comfort, nothing around me that was familiar, literally no friends, I started to gain this self-awareness and realize all these feelings and struggles I was having day to day that before manifest itself in just being hypervigilant with my routine, amazing at my job in the comfortable city that I lived in. And I started to really realize that there was a problem. So for the first time, I went to therapy. I went to therapy, therapy for about six months um, when my therapist told me at the time that I should try medication. And I was extremely against it. And I was like, why? I don't want to have to depend on that. Like, that's not natural. And I don't want to have to have that clutch. I want to just be able to live totally on my own and deal with this on my own. But the truth was, I was doing so much for that six months that I, I couldn't shake the feelings. And I, I was, my life every day was disrupted. It wasn't, it wasn't a good quality of life. I was really struggling. So I went on medication, a very low dose, and it was extremely life-changing for me. And it was a good match for, for me, and I think that it helped me tremendously um, get to a baseline where I could then deal with my anxiety in a way that was tangible in my day-to-day -day life and allowed me to be like functional. So, and then I have been off of it, and as I announced on your podcast yes. a couple months ago, that I went back on it, and you know, every day is still a struggle, and yeah. I just think if you struggle with any sort of mental illness, especially something that can be as front of mind as anxiety in everyday life, that it's important to take the measures you think are going to bring you a better quality of life. And mm -hmm. that comes from all different sorts of efforts. And I think also what you said in the sense of being a type A perfectionist, all of that, I think for so many aspects of our life where we're, we are rewarded for that behavior. Totally. Where I was just like, oh, I'm successful. Like at work, I was doing such a good job because I was manic of everything had to go out instantaneously. And then I was getting like all these accolades and I was told how great I was. And so it just fed into it. So I think it does take a bit of a disruption to step back and assess like, oh, that's not a normal baseline to be feeling every day. Totally. I remember at my job one day, someone made a comment. I used to work in advertising and they were like, Siri responds to an email like before you even send it. And they were kind of like... yeah. It's true, like I'm yeah. pretty punctual with my work, yeah. but um, now like it's about setting boundaries and that has always stuck to me because it was really just my nervousness of not being good enough in that moment that I would do that, but it caused me a lot of mental like clouding, if you will, like it, totally it took away from the present moment, which isn't healthy. Yeah, and Air, what about you? Yeah, so growing up, I was always very... Um, you could say anxious, but I didn't really know that was the word for it. I was terrified of dogs. I was terrified of thunderstorms. I was terrified of dying. I slept with my parents until I was 10, um, much to their dismay. Um, <laughs> but I was terrified of everything. And my parents never really expressed that I was anxious, but they were like, okay, like if this keeps going on, we're going to take you to see someone as if it was like something like you don't want that. Um, and then it took until I got to college and my first, my freshman year of college was totally fun. Um, I was at Penn state, I was loving life and, but like always growing up, I just like Sari and Cam too, I was a perfectionist. I was a straight A student. I was a, my student government president. I was top 15% of my class. Um, but 
I knew something, that there was some sort of something in me that I was just like, I just like, I can't shake this. And so when I went to college, I still like, couldn't find my ground, couldn't find my footing. Um, and if you follow me on Instagram, you probably already know my story, but I basically just manifested my anxiety through health and exercise. And I took it to an extreme. Um, and I basically just found that by controlling my life through food and through exercise, my anxiety started to like go away, but it kind of also got worse as well. It was kind of confusing, but it like calmed me down, but I was also constantly thinking about stuff. Because you were um, taking control in other realms. You were trying exactly. to control things. Exactly. And then I, um, at that, all that time that that was happening, um, I was seeing a therapist and um, a psychologist and she had recommended that I go on medication. And I was never the one, like I was, oh, I grew up taking Tylenol and I always, like it was fine. I was totally fine with going on medication. And at that time, both my parents had told me individually that they were on the same medication as well. And my, my jaw dropped. I was like, like, what do you mean? Like, and then my mom was like, and your brother is too. And I was like, okay, like I'm seeing some sort of connection here. Um, so it was just something that for me, that that was something that I was going to have to take. And I, and I've, and I actually kind of like Sarah as well, I had gone off of it um, when I left my job, uh, which I don't know why I would ever do that. At the same time, <laughs> the same I left my job to go be an entrepreneur. I was like, you know what I'm doing? Cause I was feeling so great. And so I was like, wow, like things are going so well for me. And then within the first like five months was the first time I ever had to like sit on the ground and like cross my legs and like, okay, you can do this. Like, cause I would have like a little mini like attack. Um, so even within just the last month I've went back on, or I guess like six weeks now and just the quality of my life is better. Mm-hmm. And, and I do other things to manage the anxiety. Um, but just for me personally, that's, that's what works best. And while we're on the topic of things we're doing, so I always say, and it's interesting that all three of us are on medication and are openly discussing it, but you know, for me, medication was the last step. I always try the things that are a free, but B, and not that anything's a crutch, but, you know, meditating for me was like the first game changer and it really did help. Um, I find talking about my anxiety is very helpful, which is why I wanted to do this whole podcast, but also the platform on my website. Um, Do you guys feel like you've had to, and this, you both have significant others, um, but finding someone in your life where you can say, this is how... It helps when I tell you something, this response helps and this response does not. Because you know when you say anxious and someone's like, well, why are you anxious? It's like, if I knew why I was anxious, I wouldn't be anxious. Um, But how have you kind of verbalized that to people in your life of like, this is how you can help me? Because I do think that we, you know, you need people to help you. You can't do it all on your own. Um, Yeah, for me, definitely uh, my boyfriend and his family are very calm people. And I am like the exact opposite of that. Um, I'm definitely like, like more like, oh my God, type A, he's very like chill. And so I've had to tell him like, okay, so like there's, I get stressed very easily or I have like, oh my gosh, I have a million things to do. And he might have a million things to do too, but he handles it a lot differently. So I just tell him like, okay, this is just how I handle it. And so we've had to like talk through how he's now not like everything's going to be fine. I'm like, okay, I need you to like, I need, you need more like direct. Yes. I'm like, I need you to be like, look at me and be like, all right, everything's going to be fine. You need to relax. I don't know. Like that's, he knows now that like, the pep talk. that's how, that's what calms it down. He's like, Aaron, you always get it done at the end of the day. You always are successful. You always do this. And if it doesn't go your way, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So we've just had, I've had to like have him actually like, I've just moved in with him a couple of months ago. So that's, that's been like very, um, 
he's definitely seen a lot of stuff now because I live with him. Yeah. And so um, a lot of good stuff too, but like he definitely, he's been able to like realize, okay, what what's good for me? And it's just like by talking things out and and I just, he has a very quiet voice and I ask him just to like speak up and tell me that things are going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like louder talk. Yeah, please tell me. <laughs> um, my husband is also extremely chill. Like we are the most opposite people. Like, are you does, seeing a pattern here? Like, like uh, no, not he doesn't me. think about something until it's like, Joe is very not chill. <laughs> <laughs> he seems it. Yeah. He doesn't think about anything until it's happening versus I will anticipate something happening to a point where it's like irrational. Yeah. So I think having that balance is so incredibly important. Like having someone in your life who can kind of even the scales a little bit and bring you back mm -hmm. to earth. Cause and I read a quote the other day, like, worrying is a million times worse than the actual event. 100%. So, I say that all the time. I'm like, I worry about things. Sorry, yeah, I worry no. about things. And then it happens, and I'm like, that that's so totally easy. fine. Also, the yeah. shit I worry about never actually fucking happens. I know, yeah. Like, if you think about the insane scenarios you put in your mind, of, like, when is that ever actually reality? Someone told me. Rarely, rarely. What's the evidence that your worst fears ever come true? That's like, a good one. Does too. it happen often? Are you constantly fearing the worst case scenario and it is happening? Evidence is typically on your side of it not occurring. Right. Totally. So as I said, like having someone to balance the scales, but also having someone who understands how to communicate, how to communicate with you on your level. So saying like, don't worry about anything, it's totally fine. That isn't gonna help me. I need yeah. I need him to get on my level, understand. And then for me, it's a lot of action or oriented things. So he's like, okay, you're worried about X. Let's do Y right now and then that's we'll move on. And that's just kind of how we communicate now. And having that support has been really incredible. So I'm I'm super grateful for that. I totally agree with both of those things. And I, I do encourage, whether it's a significant other, a family member, find your person that you know you can go to and they know how to respond to you. Because having someone just kind of float things out there when you're in an anxiety spiral is not going to help anyone. For me, I actually need someone to take control, to be like, okay, no, we're going to do this. Sit down. This is what's happening. We're moving on from this. Sure. Um, so just making sure you're finding out what helps you and then finding someone to help you with that. On the topic of, you know, spreading awareness and opening this discussion, I do think right now anxiety and mental health is trendy, which I'm all for. Um, I, you know, I don't think we can talk about it enough because I think the more we talk about it, the more helpful it is for people. But what do you guys wish you were seeing more of in regards to this topic? So I'm not, I mean, I haven't worked in the corporate world in over two years, so I yeah. don't know what it's like right now, but in the office environment, which is basically people's everyday lives, mm -hmm. it was not conducive to a work-life balance, and I think At that's all. something I, I hope is happening more. I feel like now that social media is out, people are more vulnerable, the discourse around real things that are happening in life is a lot more normalized, so I'd like to see that more integrated more into people's like day-to-day -day lives like vacation and and things like that because you know nurturing people's environments is so important for allowing them to thrive mentally and I agree even thinking back I, I mean we all kind of quit around the same time but thinking back to being in the office like you you were successful if you were anxious and highly stressed and I was in an extremely high level of stress job um but there was never talk of like... It's rewarded. It, it, it's rewarded. And yeah. even that was my first... Like, I wanted to see a therapist for so long. And I couldn't because of my job. 
I started too early. By the time I ended, therapists were like, nah, sorry, we don't really take night patients. And I didn't work at a job where I could say, can I leave for an hour once a week to go talk to someone, even on the phone? It just wasn't permitted. So I think that that's a huge thing that we can do as a culture moving forward in the corporate space. Totally. I think we've made, like, huge strides, especially our generation. But also, I just, like, think back to, like, how, like, it wasn't talked about in, like, my growing up. And like, yeah. not yeah, that I necessarily want to like, as, like say that to my kids, like, oh, your mom's anxious. Like I, cause I, you don't necessarily want to instill that fear, but I think there's a way to do it that mm-hmm. you can express that like, okay, these are the common things in our family and these are the ways that we feel. Um, and even I know everyone says like school, but like there's absolutely no education on this in school. And no. yeah, like, I mean, you have a health class for a year, but yeah, but you're you don't really learning about anxiety. Like- these are like, I think, I think now maybe the times will change and things we'll see those results happening like in schools and stuff but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of conversation about it yeah and I know I'm again I don't know in the audience who works for themselves and who's in the corporate world but what has been the hardest struggle with you on a mental health capacity by being your own boss and running your own business for me it's been boundaries so it's always like I could do one more thing I could do one more thing like there's no one telling me to go home for the day there's no one telling me just send it tomorrow do it tomorrow it's it's kind of like I'm in an all or nothing race to get things done and there's just never any there's not stop and go again there's just always go yep. and because for me and it's really similar for you guys my like personal life and my professional life are so intertwined and I love what I'm doing so much that it's hard to kind of see those boundaries yeah. but I think also having someone else to keep you accountable like having you guys to talk to and I've made other incredible friends who I guess are sort of like professional acquaintances, but also really good friends in this space who understand and having people to talk about and keep you accountable to put a, like a sense of balance in your life. Cause that's what I like last Sunday, I worked all day because I knew I was coming to New York and I wanted to have fun. I wanted to like (laughs) let go and I've had a great day, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, I, I, I put these rules on myself that aren't necessarily the best for my like for my day to day. And yeah. I'm learning that. Like it's, it's really, really hard, but I'm learning that. So I think that's been the hardest it's a learning challenge. experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the same, I think boundaries. And I just think anyone in general, like even if someone doesn't have like struggle with mental health, it's like, how do you separate your work life with your personal mm-hmm. life? And so for me, I've really had to, and like, I'm like ramping up my business and I just moved in with my boyfriend. And there's a, there's a lot of, I have like, I always have had like a lot of friends like back in Philadelphia and so for me, it's like, okay, I, I still want to nurture those relationships and they don't have Instagrams like, and they don't do blogs and stuff. So I've had to definitely be like, all right, this is my time like this. I'm not going to be on my phone. Um, so just like figuring out boundaries. And I feel like I've, I've done a pretty good job at that. Maybe at first, not so much, um, but you learn along the way. And then I just know what, like what's important. And Yeah. And I think the boundaries, obviously it's hard for me because when I was in the corporate world, my job honestly was done when I left. And I really took it for granted. And I don't think that's the case for most people in the corporate world. So I think boundaries really stands for everyone. And it's not just boundaries with work. It's boundaries with people. You know how you were saying someone said you respond to an email before you send it? That's how I feel about text messages. Like even my mom knows if she wants to get anything out of her her three daughters, like she'll call me, I'll answer, I'll have the information. I am exactly information. (laughs) So it's like if someone texts me, I mean, I'm a psych, I have my read receipts on. Like I'm like, no, people need to know that I haven't ignored them. So it's setting boundaries in all aspects of your life. And I'm currently reading, uh, well, I'm not reading, I'm actually listening to it on Audible, Um, but 
Gabby Bernstein. I was Gabby, literally about to bring up Gabby Bernstein. Yes. Okay. So, so she was on a podcast listen. that I listened to and it was really interesting because she was saying that her addiction became work and she started to notice that and it just resonated with me because, and I, I'm sure maybe a lot of people feel this way, but it's hard because I don't ever feel like I'm on and I never feel like I'm off. Because when I'm working, I'm still responding to all these text messages and looking on Instagram and doing all this stuff. And I'm sure people might be doing the same thing when they're at their desk in any capacity of work. Um, and then when they're off, I'm like checking my email like it's a drug. I'm like, did I get a new email? Did I get a new email? Do I have a DM I have to respond to? Um, and like, it, I literally, it, it's a hit for me. Totally. Um, and I think people feel that. I mean, I see it even with like Joe and his ESPN notification. Like, you know, everyone <laughs> has their thing. Yeah. And so it's finding the, the level of, I want to just be present. And it all, unfortunately, wraps around sometimes like setting limits with your technology, um, which I think is great. You know, I put limits on my apps, but is that a that similar time fe- limit gets me? Yeah, but is that a similar feeling you feel of like the on off, like never? I feel a like switch? even when I'm off, like on vacation, I'm like I have to share because I love sharing what I'm doing in my travel. I need to take pictures, and so I find it hard to be off in that sense. Yeah, but I think, and the three of us live fairly public lives, Very. and I think <laughs> that's um, I've always been totally comfortable with that, and that hasn't been such a source of anxiety. But when you put yourself out there so much, people expect so much from you. And the pressure is intense and the amount of questions and stuff. And, you know, and we're sure we're all super open to, you know, giving into that. But it's a lot of energy to give out and it's a lot of space to give out. And I think that's also a boundary that is really important to put up. I totally agree. I think boundaries are very important. Is that what you were going to say? Okay. So we're going to do a few Q&A questions that people have submitted. Um, we'll also like send mics around if people don't want to submit them on here. But if we do do people from the audience, just make sure you wait until the microphone gets to you. Um, oh, also I'm so sorry. What are your favorite? What's the three ways to your heart through food? I like butchered this last time you asked me. I don't even remember what you said. You were my first guest. You, I, I do not remember. <laughs> Come back to me. This is way less bootleg than the episode. Okay. Okay. Recorded. Oh my God. Um, I, I'm going to say ice cream. I know you're yes. also ice cream, but like Don't. Jenny's ice cream is life. Um, and then... Dad, Jenny, so you hear that? Yeah. It's from Ohio, where he's from. Oh, yeah. And then anything with peanut butter and anything with avocado on top. The today brunch. <laughs> I want the salad. I really want the avocado toast. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, I would say some sort of big Italian meal, which I'm not Italian, but I just like love pasta and red sauce, um, peanut butter or nut butter of any kind. And I don't know. Chocolate, like all yeah, your, chocolate. Like, you, I, I love, I love, you're not like going to do baked goods. Yeah, oh, I, I love, love baked goods, but I don't too. love cake. Like I love like, like give me like a chocolate fudge brownie sundae. Okay. I can go. definitely have with that. Um, okay. While we're on that topic, one of the questions was, what is your favorite healthy snack? Dried mango. Oh, you love I am obsessed with dried, dried mango. mango. And if you go to Whole Foods, they have chili spiced dried mango. Ooh. Yeah. And it's just like chili powder and cayenne powder and dried mango. No, no added sugar or anything. It's good. So my favorite healthy snack is, again, something with peanut butter on top, whether that's like a bar or a muffin I made or just something that is with peanut butter. <laughs> Mine is definitely a piece of fruit and like almond or peanut butter. 
a like, really cold, crisp apple. You like green apples, I saw. I that know. I, I do. I, I love to. pink ladies, too, yeah. and honey crisp. Mine's like an apple or banana or something with like an almond butter, nut butter, granola, any of that. Love all those things. Also, I didn't know if I, I guess I should say like the three ways to my heart. Three yeah. Three Ice cream, obviously. I mean, there's no question. By the time this airs, the episode will have already released. But tomorrow is Ben Van Leeuwen, which was like <gasps> a huge fucking deal for me. That's huge. Um, so that episode's tomorrow. So ice cream, number one, obviously. Number two, a really good burger and fries and a cold IPA beer. Like that's my combo. Oh, that's awesome. And then number three changes a lot. But I would have to say like a dinner at the beach with our family. Like we have so many, we kind of rotate the same meals. So I, it's really hard to choose. But probably like a good steak, my mom's baked potato bar, that's Joe's favorite thing in the world, and like grilled veggies. Yours are so specific. With wine. Yeah. yeah, they're good. I, she thought about like, it. Like, I, I need to yeah, follow up later with mine because those are yeah. really specific. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What are some of the pro tips to quickly combat anxiety during a work day? I think for me, I put the things away. Like my phone and my computer feed my anxiety. And it's very hard for me to admit that because I spent almost my entire day on the two devices, but I have to shut everything. I sit there and I just actually focusing on your breathing. Like if you, you know, you breathe in for four seconds, hold it, exhale for four seconds and do that a few times. And just really like, I I also like repeat mantras for me. It's like, this is just temporary because a lot of my Anxiety stems from health and I go down this deep dark cycle and spiral of like this is going to happen and this and then it's permanent and then my life forever. Um, So just remembering every feeling I have is temporary. Um, For me, I know something I did when I was working in corporate is I always took a 10 minute walk and I just went and no boss will ever say no. Like you just say I need 10 minutes to myself. You don't even have to explain it. Like I would just leave and just go on a walk. Um, Whether it was nice out or I would just roam the halls. Um, but I literally did that anytime I would feel some sort of anxiety. Yeah. I'm with you. I think stepping away, like sometimes when I get, get anxious, I'm like, I need to do all this. I need to do this. And then I'll be fine. It's like, yeah. take a break. So to echo what both you said, like take a break, get fresh air, go outside, see people outside of your four screens and, you know, feel that yeah. you're outside of it. And then you can go back with a fresh mind. And there's also always going to be one more thing. Yeah. Like there's no never going to be a clean job slate. is. Or in your personal life, there's always one more thing to do. So setting yourself up for like, oh, I won't be anxious once this is done. You're, it's setting yourself up for failure because there's yeah. always more things. Totally. Um, was, were food and entertaining an important part of your childhood? Big. Um, big for me. Like in the sense of entertaining, my mom always had, my parents always had these people over and like they would throw these insane parties and food. Yes, food was a big part, but I was never cooking as a kid. I know like, I feel like a lot of food bloggers say, oh, I remember pulling up a stool next to my mom. Me. Yeah. Like <laughs> that never happened. Um, I like to say that my parents invented meal prep because we ate all of our meals out of Tupperware in the back of our Suburban on our way to practice. So cooking wasn't a big part, but food in general, like the act of eating and coming together was big for me. Yeah, same for me. And I grew up like very close with my neighbors. And so we had like dinners together like every single weekend. And my mom always hosted all of our holidays. um, And I enjoyed helping her. So like that was where I really learned. Um, And she like was very active and having me involved and my brother involved. So we both like love to cook now. My brother's a really, really amazing chef too. 
Um, not saying I'm an amazing chef, but like my mom. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was always I was always very very involved, and we like now I like love hosting now. Like I, I am the friend hosting. that I love hosting. Love too. hosting. Yeah, love it's it. fun. It's like really fun, and I lo- like I'm like. I'm like, oh my gosh! I like saw a platter the other day. I was like, we need this platter. Like, we, and Tom's like, why would we need that platter? I'm oh, like, your wedding we registry oh, yeah, is going to be out that. of control. <laughs> just know. wait. I cannot wait. Even though I'm not engaged, but it's fine. It, oh yeah, we get it, Tom. If you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> I also grew up with food and bringing family together around food is a huge thing. We always had a home cooked meal every night. We ordered in like once a week. It was really a big part of it. So yeah, very That's similar impressive. to you guys. Yeah, go to uh, my mom. <laughs> go mom. I get anxiety out of nowhere sometimes, so I tend to run outside to get some air. Have you ever done that? Yes, clearly. Um, Yes. So again, I think it's a really helpful tip, um, whether if you're at a job where you can't necessarily, like I I actually couldn't have done that at all times. So for me, if it's not accessible, it's the repeating of the mantra and just taking a second to focus on your breath. Similar, how to mellow out in five minutes or less, no matter where you are. I think we kind of just went over that. Um, have you ever noticed any negative side effects from CBD? I have not. Uh, do you guys take CBD? Yeah, sometimes. Um, sometimes. I haven't. I haven't. I don't know if this is negative, but a friend of mine, I won't name him, he says it makes him poop. Every, like, it like makes really? him go to the bathroom right away. Have you ever had a podcast a where you don't talk about poop? No. <laughs> um... <laughs> Actually, she no. always does. Always. <laughs> Ask my dad. He's like, it's all you talk about. Um, so, no, I haven't. You all appear very confident. Where do you think that comes from? We all have our moments. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't that, know. I think that I've gone through a lot of stuff that ha- I've not been confident in my life, and I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm proud of where what I've done and where I am now. And I feel like I enjoy talking to other people that are confident and like can hold a conversation and are proud Mm. of what they're doing. And I'm like, I see that and I admire that. So I want to represent that as well. Yeah. So I think like, just like being like, you know what, even if I'm, if I, even if like, I don't feel confident, like I always want to be the person that when I like, when I like talk on the phone with someone and it's like pulling teeth or it's like, they're just like very, like very, very quiet. I'm like, I, enjoy conversations where I can just like chat with someone and they're confident in what they're saying. So I'm just like, I always want to be that way as many times as I can, you know? I think my parents definitely instilled a lot of confidence in me, like telling me that I was doing great at things and, you know, pushing me outside my boundaries. Um, And I think surrounding myself with confident people has definitely played a role. I think I 100% have my moments. I mean, I text my sister all the time being like, I hate the way this, like, this looks, oh, like, I don't feel confident doing this, doubting myself. Um, but then I also think, like, for, for me, it's been very refreshing to have a husband who's not on Instagram, for instance, so he doesn't get a lot of this stuff. So I remember once we were on a trip and we were having so much fun, and I asked him to take a picture of me, and I was like, oh, I'll have one of those, like, cute, I'm in Charleston Instagram photos. <laughs> And he took a picture of me, and I looked at it. I was like, that's what I look like? That? That's, that's what's reality? Like, I hate this. And I immediately went down on myself. He's like, why are you so upset? And it sounds so stupid to actually say it out loud. But I'm like, I really wanted a cute photo to post and say, like, oh, I'm on this great trip. And he's like, 
Kimmy, all the time you talk about how bad about yourself you feel when you see all photos like that. So why the fuck are you going to put out content that could potentially make other people feel that way? Like, yeah, put the stuff that's real. It doesn't have to be this curated, amazing stuff like look at me. And so I think it's having the breath of fresh fresh air to bring you back to reality in the sense of like doubt. If that makes any sense. That's a good story. I think (laughs) I've always been like a very outgoing person. So I've always projected confidence, even if inside I don't feel that way. But I think having good role models who have really allowed me to grow into that about myself. I totally agree. Um, Does anyone have any questions that they want to ask that were not submitted into the app? And I know like this could be an anxiety-inducing experience, so you don't have to. Um, but if there are any, we'll take a second for that before we finish up. No? Okay. That's it then. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. We're going to bring a mic. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know if it's on, but... Um, my advice is... Well, I have... God, I said my advice. It's okay. I'm with you. It's like a Freudian. I said, what, um, my question is, what is your advice for anyone that wants to start an account now, Mm -hmm. almost 2020? Yep. Um, And then, yeah, I think that's it. That's my my question. I would say finding your voice um, and figuring out what separates you from everyone else. I think a lot of people are like, oh, there are too many accounts. Like, what's the point of even starting one? My analogy is always, okay, think about how many TV shows there are out there. That's never going to stop someone from creating a new TV show. But I love Friends. It's like my end-all, be-all. I will never watch a show that tries to be Friends because it'll never be as good as Friends. Sure, it might be a fine TV show, but it's not going to be as good as Friends, so why would I watch it? So create an account, start a new TV show, but make it your own. Like, separate yourself. Don't try to mimic someone else because then they'll just follow the person you're trying to mimic. Um, So don't let it hold you back and just be yourself. Like, do it for the reason of wanting to share, wanting to create a community, wanting to meet people less of, like, oh, I need X amount of followers because that shows. Yeah, and I think I would say, like, just go after it. Yeah. Because, like, I was told it was way too saturated. And, like, I remember, like, I was telling someone that I wanted to do that and they were like, that is way too saturated. Like, you, you, you're you going to get lost. And I was just like, okay, watch me. Look at me now. Yeah. But, like, it's just like, I, I would say just go after it. Be be consistent. Be, if if you don't have time to post every day, that's fine. But it's like, just make sure that you show up and you, you answer people who ask you questions and mm-hmm. you take the time to reach out to people who are in your field or similar. And I just say, like, go get it. Yeah, you can do I it. agree. Probably DMs. How did yeah. we meet? We, oh, I know. Aaron and I quit the same weekend, weirdly enough. We didn't follow each other. Did someone send you my story? I don't remember. Because I remember you DM'd me and you were like, hey, I haven't announced it on my Instagram yet, but actually Monday is my last day. I'm quitting my job. Are you doing this full time? And then we talked on the phone for an hour and hit it off. And we met because we were in Florida together. Yeah. We started following each other and I was like, are you in this exact same place in Florida that I'm currently in? And then we got lunch, and the rest is history. Yeah, Christopher's Kitchen. Yeah. Um, So I think, like, following people, you know, I'll say this for anyone, whether you want to start an account or not, only follow people that make you feel good. There's no point in following people on your Instagram and constantly being inundated with their content if it's making you feel worse about yourself. 
I have one more thing to echo yeah, about yeah. starting an account. Do it for you first and yep. then for your community second. When I started, I had all this creative energy. I loved cooking. I wanted to share recipes. I wanted to share beautiful photos. I just wanted to do it because I didn't care if anyone was watching. I wanted to do it. It was a huge creative outlet for me and it was fun. Yeah. And it still is, but mm -hmm. starting it for your passion first and then building the community second. Because if you don't lead with that passion, then people will see right through it. I totally agree. Thank you, everyone, so much for coming. Um, thank you. Before, oh, thank you. Um, there actually is, I just want to say this also, a very cool space right up here where you can get a selfie, like photo booths, pictures taken, and they will be on billboards in Times Square. Whoa. So if anyone wants to say that they were on a Times Square billboard, now is your chance. Um, thank you guys all so much. Aaron and Sari. I love you, ladies. Thank you for having so us. Much. Thank you so much for coming. And thank you guys and all for coming. Yeah, thank you all. <laughs> Once we're done, I do want to turn around, though. I want to take a selfie. Yeah. On my Samsung that flew out of my pocket with you guys. So you're going to have to stand okay. up. Okay. And everyone in the background. Lucy, it did work. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys.